I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. LR here with Benji for stage five of the Tour de France Femme avec Swift. We're in the Vosges from Bar-le-Duc to Saint-Dier-de-Vosges. 175 Ks, which I can't remember the rules exactly, but I think I think ASO needed a special exemption to have a stage this long, and there yeah. is like a 150k cap. We don't normally see stages this long in Women's World Tour, sort of four and a half hour stage. It was a bit rolly. There was the intermediate sprint at Sham with about ooh, 60 kilometers left, if I can do maths. There was soft climbs, sort of it's all went three, four percent gradient. The last one, main one, was the Col de Bois, 1500 meters, 4.2 percent. It had bonification on it and then the finish it it was flat it was a sprint finish but the finish had a right hand hairpin with like 1500 meters to go pretty sharp one descending one because there's a little rise with maybe three k's to go um so the question was well this is the problem benji we don't see break formation because the coverage doesn't start for the last two and two and a half hours. It's fine, whatever. You don't yeah. see it in Paranisto for now either. So it's hard for me to criticize because I don't know what happened. I don't know if if DSM and Trek and Yumbo Visma are shutting down every move. But from my perspective, this sort of long stage, transition stage, if, if it is one, 18 teams should be trying to get in the break, tooth and nail, because there's realistically, Vibas, if it comes to a sprint, hot favorite, like literally 75% chance to win. Voss, realistic, like non-delusional chance of winning. Balsamo, non-delusional chance of winning. And then maybe Capecchi, Persico, fine, whatever. But there's 17 other teams here that should be trying to get in the break. Agreed with that. And I'd argue that even a... a- Kopecky team should not be going for the sprint because Kopecky's pure sprint is not exactly the the best on paper. But do they have the riders to send up in the breakaway, for example, knowing that they've got GC to look after as well? I'd argue they could try still. I think there's options to do so. Now, looking at the breakaway that actually formed, we had a group that included four riders, Victoire Berthaud, which in my opinion is a pretty underrated rider. 21 years old, she rides for Coffetis, and she got 17th at Roubaix. So... If you're 21, get 70 at Roubaix, get relatively consistent top 50s throughout the season. That means that you could be forming into the kind of domestique role at Roubaix for someone. And who knows, in three, four years, you might be able to actually uh, portray something in those races yourself. Now, next to her in that breakaway, the uh, champion of Cyprus, we've got Ante Christoforu. I ruined that name. I'm so sorry. And the aspect with that is, I swear that Cyprus jersey does not look like a Cyprus jersey to me, but I like the design, so I'll I'll accept it. Anya Lau from Age Insurance also in there, and Emily Newsom, who we also saw on the Champs-Élysées in the breakaway. That for a women group had like three minutes, and then we saw some reactions by Henrietta Christie, for example, a Granger, a Birukova, but 
those three riders didn't make it over. So we had our breakaway for the day, and it was silent day because DSM was controlling in the peloton. Yeah, DSM with a bit of help from Yumbo Visma. Uh, Berto, she's a track rider. She went to the Olympics. I think she did a team pursuit for France. The reason I looked that up was because I noticed she was riding almost exactly like Benjamin Thomas on the oh. hoods, very trying to stay very aerodynamic. And I was like, <laughs> that's a bit unusual, and it makes sense. So um, aware of aero, and she was very, very strong. And yeah, again, I'm not. They may come out and say you didn't see what we tried to get in, but Canyon Shram Benji, no sprinter. Anil Usyk, Roy Akers, they, uh, uh, you don't need to protect Navidoma GC that much. Maybe they tried, but they've been trying to get into moves solo for the last three days. And here, this stage, if you put an Anil Usyk in this break or Roy Akers, it can go all the way. So I was really surprised to see the break composition. I thought there'd be a lot more pressure applied. Maybe there was. Anyway, before we get into the a couple of the big news of the day I mentioned our show partner Zwift the Tour de France fam Avec Zwift is obviously supported by Zwift as the title sponsor as well as La Lanterne Rouge cycling podcast we had a great time in Paris going to check out the start of the race and then we were there we also saw the finish of the men's race as well if you want to check out Zwift the best online cycling training platform to make your training fun and sustainable that you can ride with uh, pace partners. There's meetups functionality now. If you want to check that out, you can go to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial through the link down below. But there was a huge pileup, unfortunately. There's been a lot of crashes in this race. It was, I don't know who it was, but I think someone overlapped wheels. And then there's just a mass pileup at 50Ks an hour. Not too many injuries, but a big one. Emma Norsgaard out with what looked like she looked a bit dazed. I think she went over the handlebars, but it looked like a collarbone sort of injury. And yeah, it was a shame. I saw Sebastian Zue, um, who we interviewed on the podcast earlier. He was there, and that's one of their big stars alongside Bablet. And so it sucks for him, and more importantly, sucks for Norsgaard. And just I don't know there's a lot of teams, Benji. I guess people don't realize there's. There's more teams in this race than in the men's tour. I think 24 teams. And we mentioned at the start of the year, so it's not just hindsight 2020 talking. Remember that conversation we had when we were like, why is the UCI elevating teams straight to world tour status? Like uh, Roland, Cogias, um, almost more quickly and adding so many more, so many world tour teams yeah, like that was, I don't know whether that's directly the, the cause. Mm-hmm. I think some directors have said that. But yeah, it's a lot of teams, although there's six riders on each team. I don't know if that's that's a hardcore influence into it. I think there's, yeah, there's always going to be riders in this in this race that are less experienced than others. And some riders will express opinions about that and so forth. But in general, I think it's also just the nervousness of the situations that we've had. Today was a different situation, though. Today was the kind of typical crash where someone probably touched wheels and people go down. But in the previous days, it was echelon-related. Like, people all want to try and get to the front, and if everybody wants to try to get to the front, then everybody's nervous. And if nobody makes it to the front that wants to get to the front, they might try and find a, a small gap that might not be a gap, and then it fails, and then people go down. Like, that kind of situation. And... Yeah, there's there's certainly aspects to it that are that could be because of inexperience of certain riders, but 
I think there's also destined to be crashes regardless that are not really a, a consequence of that in the peloton, I'll dare, I dare to say. Well, no, I don't even mean any experience. I just mean there's just a lot of riders. Oh, there's okay. a lot of riders. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was 24 times 6. My maths isn't that good. Um, probably Oof. 150 or so riders. And the roads they're riding on, if people haven't been watching, are super narrow. And there's a lot of road furniture, like um, the roads in between the gravel stages. Yesterday, there's some na- narrow roads, roads, furniture, etc. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see next year bigger teams or... Maybe we'll see the same. One thing, there was a rider that was also, uh, I don't know if she was in that crash, but she actually got disqualified by Bram Alcotti from uh, the team of X-Rally. What is Rally called again? New Health. Well, Human Power uh, Health. Exactly. I keep forgetting it. Rally. <laughs> Malcotti was disqualified for uh, irregular towing, which is uh, drafting oh, behind really? her car. So she's out of the race. I, okay. uh, I haven't seen the towing myself, so... I can't say if it's actually drafting or whether it's holding on to something or a sticky beaten off 10 seconds too long. I don't know, but she's out of the race. Nonetheless, that's basically it for the uh, moment in the race that was that crash. We saw some riders having trouble coming back. We saw the team radio pop up. We'll talk about that a bit more after the race recap here when Chantal van den Broek-Black said to her uh, Diaz in the car that she was bleeding a lot, whether she could go to the medical car. And then the response was that the medical car is kind of busy with people that can't stand up. And then Chantal was very calmly like, okay, I'll, I'll come I'll come by later. So it's very intriguing to see that uh, play into the stage like this. And yeah, we were basically heading for a sprint, but we had one more thing. We had two more things, right? First of all, an intermediate sprint with a weird attack and then a bonus second sprint. Yeah, the intermediate sprint between Voss, Vibers again, Vibers took it. Oh, the break took most of the points, but from the yeah. bunch, Fevers took it, took it. And then Vollering continued. If you want to go in a timestamp for this, it was with 59 kilometers on the dot. Vollering sort of attacks from behind, similarly to the Balsamo move, but it seemed like no one else on SD Works was aware of this because they didn't really react. Very, very strange. In a stage like this, she had a summer shell or bow rider on her wheel, and I didn't really, I didn't really get it. Um, and she just stopped. So that was odd. Um, and then we had the bonus sprint as well, uh, which was I quite, I quite like having them in the race. I don't think they'll make uh, too much of a difference uh, in the end, especially here when Berto was basically destroying the breakaway that still had forty seconds at the foot of that tiny climb that was the bonus second sprint, basically. And Berthaud was ruining the other three in the breakaway. Berthaud took the full seconds there. The rest remaining of the breakaway riders took the rest of the seconds. And I felt like some people were moving up in the peloton. I felt like Yumbo was pacing a bit harder on the right side of the road. Silvia Persico was in second wheel and behind the teammate and so forth. So it seemed like they were ready just in case the breakaway kind of fell apart and a second was available or... You have a different feeling about that. I think so. And maybe they, you know, they don't know exactly how many riders are up the road. But yeah, it went all to the break. And we were going to go to a sprint. Vibas wasn't put under any pressure on that climb. She made it over no problems at all. So yeah, we were going to have a sprint, which we haven't really had a full bunch sprint since stage one, I don't think. Um, 
And you've got Vibas, Voss, Kopecky, Balsamo, Trekker working for her. Vibas has had, again, she lost Charlotte Cool yesterday, so Pfeiffer Georgie will move up to be her last lead out. And that means they've been spending riders to chase the break. And then they're using Lippert now to chase uh, Berto and Cristoforo, who with 5Ks to go still have 30 seconds, 5.5Ks to go. That then evaporates as the pace gets applied by Marcus for Jumbo Visma, because I was like, they need to get their act together. And that's why I think a bigger break goes all the way here, because with small teams, this length of stage, very, very difficult to control. Break does get brought back. We have a right-hander, Ellen Van Dyke's leading. She's going for Balsamo. Elise Longo-Borghini's not in the lead-out. It's kind of weird. And in this sharp right-hand, Hairpin Voss undercuts Everyone except uh, Ellen Van Dyke slots onto her wheel. There was one low-speed crash in the corner, makes it through. And we see that Voss is, yeah, she's getting the lead up from Van Dyke. Balsamo is really deep. Elisa uh, Longo-Borghini is moving up. She's sort of, it's the track train's kind of all detached. Vibas has no lead out. She's doing it solo because I think Pfeiffer Georgie had used her energy to move her up. And there's even a Yamba Visma rider who moves up Vibas and then moves into the wheel of Voss. Yep. Let Foss wheel go, let her wheel go. Ellen Van Dyke's um, smashing it. And then suddenly, Elisa Longo-Borghini takes a left-hand turn. Voss narrowly avoids crashing, and she she takes the vehicle diversion, I think it was, Yeah, at 300 to go, 400 to go. And Voss, like, Voss saved a lot of riders and maybe broken bones with just easing off, anticipating that Longo-Borghini might do it. And then we get into a stalemate, 300 meters to go. There's no lead out for anybody. I think it's Barbieri, uh, Voss, Vibas, Kopecky's deep, all wide. And I think Confolinieri launches and then Vibas just absolutely destroys everybody. So that's, 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 just, <laughs> like, that's just what happens. Vibas is on another level above. Um, if you want to know uh, like her numbers on Strava, I think on stage one, she did for 15 seconds, like 9.50 with peak power 1,200. I think she does 12.50, no problem. And five seconds was 11.120. So I'll be interested to see what I want to compare is that was 80Ks first stage, sort of, you know, two hour. Mm-hmm. What will her power look like today? Because it was dominant sprint four and a half hours. That's what I want to see. Yeah. But it's not loaded yet. I agree with that. That's an interesting uh, concept to look into. But by the way, like, the Longo Borghini diversion to the left, you're right. Voss saved a lot of riders there by anticipating that Longo Borghini was going to the wrong end and so forth. But here's my idea. How about we add a lead-out diversion to the last 250 meters of a sprint stage? A road where the lead-out is allowed to go off Which the road. wouldn't be able to win anything if their lead-out <laughs> wasn't able to get in the way of people. <laughs> like, that's that's, that's a good idea. That's job. <laughs> Nah, like, on a serious note, it, it could have been a dangerous situation. It was probably a dangerous situation, regardless of it not ending up in a crash. But it's good that it ended without any crashes in that part of it. But Wib is indeed very strong. She opens up a gap initially once she kicks away from both Balsamo and Voss. And that gap roughly stays the same to the finish line, kind of expands to the finish line. And Balsamo and Voss are basically sprinting for a, a 1v1 for a second. And I think uh, Balsamo got second, right? Yeah, Balsamo outlasted Voss, who had to go a bit earlier. Voss third, Barbieri fourth. Thunder Dune having a wonderful oh. Tour de France, Famavec Swift fifth again. That's her third top 10. Confolinieri sixth, Persico seventh. Persico just seems to not have that top end speed, but her endurance and fitness 
is outstanding. I mean, she is the definition of climbing sprinter girl. Glazzini, eighth. Uh, Dronova Bolobolina, uh, ninth. And Alexandra Manley, tenth. GC, still Voss. Uh, points, still Voss. But the gap narrows to Vibas, who... It's tight, 217 to 191. That's tight. Um, Femke Geritzer um, on Park Hotel <laughs> Volkenberg on eight points on KOM. Julie DeVilda still got youth. And hey, yeah. 19 years old, eh, Julie DeVilda. Can I just like point that out? 19 years old, and she's doing this. Like, Damn, she's, she's such a good talent. At the like, of London. Impressive. Yeah, she got second at Dwyer's. Like, she's a proper, she's got a good kick in the sprint. I'm. I'm surprised that it's been more, more the versatility that's popped up from her in this race than her sprinting skill. It looks like it's it's become more than just the sprint that I thought she had at Dwarves of London. It's become more, I can get over hills a bit better and so forth. And yeah, big talent. I'm curious what she can do in a few years because uh, right now already in the white jersey of the Tour de France Femme after five stages is uh, pretty big, I'd say, for a 19-year-old. That's for sure. Yeah, she looks good. She didn't do the Ardennes, but she did well in that punchy finish uh, that Voss won on stage two or three. So maybe she does the Ardennes uh, next year. But that was stage five. Van Vluten survives another day to recover. I think it was a pretty easy day. And for someone like Van Vluten, who I'm not sure if you've seen her training ride, some of them are outrageous. Like She does a lot of Ks. This should have been a pretty easy day in the, in the wheels for her, I would think. Um, but yeah, tomorrow's stage from Sondier de Vosges to Rochheim, it's it's really similar again. Like these stages are so <laughs> similar, 128 k's. It's it's a bit more climby. There's a one kilometer, six point four percent climb, 28 k's to go with bonification on it. That comes after a three k, four percent climb. I think Vibers uh, should struggle there. Then a valley, then the Côte de Bourges, three k's, four percent. And really, today, maybe it was too soft, Benji, but tomorrow, I think if you're the Trek and SD, not Trek, if you're the Trek and uh, Yumbo Visma directors, you cannot accept bringing Vibas to the finish line with that sort of parkour. Yeah, certainly. But there's also other options, you know, like we spoke about the break we're on today's stage. Yes, it's a much shorter stage tomorrow. It's 128 kilometers instead of the 175 we had today. And it's got those like typical parkours where you've got a hill in the last like 10 kilometers where the peloton might say, oh, it's still 10k, let's let's keep the break at 30 seconds. But then it goes downhill in the last five kilometers and they can't close the tree, the, the, the 20 seconds that's left, that kind of stuff. Like there are scenarios that I see where a, a breakaway might possibly win in Rosheim as well. That's how I see this stage as well. But again, it depends on how many teams are willing to attack. How many teams are willing to uh, try a sprint where they're destined to lose from from Weavers if it really comes down to a pure sprint in this stage? Or how many teams are willing to open up a bit early by making the climbs a bit hard, like you mentioned, the trek and so forth. Now, I don't know, I wanted to bring one thing back to today's stage, where I swear for like multiple stages now, I've seen scenarios where Volring is doing stuff early. I think on one of the first gravel sectors on... Yesterday's stage, we saw Volring pace pretty early on. In today's stage, we saw Volring bring forth Kopecky to the front and towards the end, again, basically do a, a semi-lead out for Kopecky as well. So, I don't know, but everything for me points at Moman being the actual leader. But 
I've also heard stories that say, oh, they don't have a leader, but I clearly see Volering working for Kopecky today. I, I've given up trying to understand what's going on <laughs> or trying to gather a plan. There is no real team plan. From what I can see, Marlon Royce has said in the post-race interview yesterday, she said, the idea was to make the race generally hard and for one of us to win, and it happened to be me. So that's the plan. I'm not putting words in her mouth to watch what yeah. she said. So it worked. The, yeah, it worked. <laughs> they won the stage. And Van der Brecher did say before the stage day, I think she said, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off. We're expected to at least win a stage. You know, we're we're probably going to – I think they've taken the attitude, my reading into what I've seen in the race, they've taken the attitude that they can't win, which I would disagree with given that Van Vluten had gastro for three days or it was affected by gastro for three days. And so they're good enough to get on to come second and third anyway, mm-hmm. even doing whatever in the early stages yeah. because Volering and Mulman are a step above and it's better to ensure they get a stage win is my – interpretation of it i would have liked to see them really try to hit van vleuten yesterday or day before didn't happen but you know the future will prove it i guess the future will prove it if van vleuten destroys them by like eight minutes or something on the on the brutal mountain stages to come which is i don't know i would say unlikely but on on paper i don't know you never know (laughs) well you never know what can happen where i just crash you never know i don't think you can just I don't think you can ride for a second before you start, especially when the ride yeah. has an issue. But yeah, that's SD works. Bring it. Uh, well, yeah, just to sort of tie a bow on tomorrow's stage, I like Faulkner to win from a late move on top of the plateau. I would like you to also go for an Australian Benji. Can we go for an Australian one too? Grace Brown for the third time. Why not, eh? <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Um, holy fuck, Faulkner's American. <laughs> and she rode for Silicon <laughs> Valley Bank. What am I doing? I knew she was American because she worked in um she an investment banker or something. <laughs> I'm just claiming anyone that speaks English is Australian. <laughs> well, anyway, you pick Grace Brown. I'm Australian pick, now. Yeah, you're Australian now. Don't know why. Jesus, <laughs> it's a mental blank. Anyway, <laughs> Faulkner's going to win. She's going to attack on the plateau. One thing we've seen in these races is on live commentary or TV rather, an inset of the comments from the directors. In the radio now, I don't know what technology they're using, uh, or whether it's ASO doing it or who's doing. It. I presume it's ASO, and whether they're trialing it for other races next year. And I don't know what the delay is because it's got the actual text, so that someone must have transcribed it. Yeah, and I don't know how it works, but I think it's really good, and it's actually. Because it's not an interview, it's more interesting than when you ask a writer or director after the race, although the women's peloton are generally sometimes more interesting in interviews. It's actual, the tactics they're saying. Um, yeah. And versus maybe just a, a nothing quote. So I think they're really good. How would you... I'm not sure how much of an F1 fan you are, Benji, but yeah, have Ooh. you have you seen the like the team radio, car radio stuff there? I think that has to be the angle they're going for. I think so as well. I think that's the angle they're going for. I think there's multiple aspects to this. We've seen, I think, in 2017, 2018, and in those like Tour of Flanders documentaries on YouTube and so forth, that they've got segments of 
the team cars where they record the people in the team car and you hear what they're saying. And I think for one or two years, they actually use it in the actual live broadcast every so often as well. I think that's 2017, 2018, that kind of era. But we've seen that kind of disappear in that race when it comes to the live broadcast. It's still in the documentaries that come out every single year. I think that's uh, I think that adds more context and a new dimension to the races, like you mentioned. It gives us more insight of how the people in the team car think and how they respond to certain things, how much stress levels there's going on, how that happens, and also when it comes ignoring to... them. Exactly. <laughs> That's a very good point. Also, small details, like I mentioned it in today's podcast, Chantal van den Broek-Blag basically called up her team car, asked for the medical car, medical car was busy, and she said, okay, I'll, I'll come by later. Those small concepts of like, I didn't know how that worked. Like, it was, it's probably logical that she ends up telling her team that she needs the medical car or something, but maybe she should just went to the back of the peloton and puts her hand up and it worked like that. So I didn't know it needed that team confirmation first to to do that stuff. It's all those kind of details that gives more information to people that are viewing the sport and gives more of an idea that there's more going on than just people pedaling on bikes. And I agree with the point you made about... The fact that we've got this in the Tour de France fun, the team car radio on the screen right now, and we've also got the gravel stage introduced in the Tour de France fun, for example. We see often that the Dauphiné in the men's cycling universe is being used to try parkours for the Tour de France the year after. I think Megève was used last year's Dauphiné and was in this year's Tour de France. That's one of the examples I can think about. I think there's probably well, more than that. 2020, the Kuswin on Mejev in 2020, the crazy stage five. Where... Possibly. Yeah, true. And I think we see that ASOs simply trying to use certain races as a testing ground. And it would not yeah. surprise me if it's the same case here. If it's the same with the Tour de France somewhere, they're trying out both the gravel part and both the team car radio part. Because imagine if the men's race had that and that we had the Netflix series have the radio in there. Well, I think maybe we maybe they'll have it. No, no, they they 100% will have it in the Netflix series. Okay. They 100% they must have because Flanders Classics has it on delay in their documentaries, the 1 yeah. hour Flot Ronde of Vlaanderen ones. I think there will be huge resistance from the men's side to have this on live TV. Yeah. Um they will directors will say i can see it now directors will be like we cannot be giving other teams a competitive insight into into our tactics during the race and then it'll show that what they're actually saying it'll just be like vamos vamos <laughs> well, I, like, like they're not they're not saying anything bingo, um, bingo. yeah i'm being harsh on Movistar, but uh, all the teams probably like they're they might be overestimating the uh the nuance <laughs> of what their advice is not in all cases but I guess there has to be. A, I don't know how it works in F one. I'm a hand on heart or hand hand up. I am a drive to survive Netflix uh, F one fan. I'm not an actual real F one fan, so I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> like how the radio works. Do they do they have code, or is is all F one radio any any communication from driver to uh, the engineers or the directors? Is that that all can be recorded and played. That's what I don't know. Or is there like a, do they have a veto on what can be publicized? 
But yeah, interested to see how it goes. Let us know what you think about it, whether you th- think it's a good thing, whether you think it's a gimmick. I think it's good personally. Can't wait to see more of it. And um, yeah, cycling moving in the right direction. Hope you join us tomorrow for the stage six recap. Should be another reduced bunch sprint or a break. Thanks as always to Swift and we'll see you then. Ciao. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.